You've been planning this for months. Hope you're wearing your long johns today, hunters. Gotta be nippy out there. The big day is finally here. Welcome to opening day here at Sportsman's Warehouse. This is your big shot to gear up for unforgettable at the Sportsman's Warehouse Grand Opening, Thursday through Sunday, October 14th through the 16th, off Summit Park Drive near Walmart, or visit us at sportsmans.com. The NFL players and clubs are committed to advancing social justice through work that reduces barriers to opportunity and creates progress in police community relations, criminal justice reform, education, and economic advancement. Throughout the season, we'll be highlighting efforts across the league to inspire change in our communities and advance these issues. To learn more, visit nfl.com backslash inspire change. My best friend is an Irish heiress. She was royalty from Ireland. Had a huge inheritance. We're talking $30 million. But it turns out Mayor Smith is actually an international con artist and police are hunting for her. She's left a trail of devastation in her wake. This is not normal to be outside her place. I would rather die than let her get away. Listen to Queen of the Con every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Record Store Society, a production of iHeartRadio. Yeah. I feel like they always, not always, but most of the time, there's like, you know, let's get together in our old age and do a reunion tour. It seems to be far more common now. I mean, like, it's hard to count out pretty much any band unless the lead singer has died. And even then, I mean, look at Queen, you know? Queen has yeah, had like wonderful success. The New Radicals just did that live performance for Joe Biden. Right, yeah, no, no, there, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of examples of all that. Um, oh, hey, hi, uh, welcome to our record store. I'm Seth and this is Tara. Uh, feel free to look around and uh, just give us a shout if you need anything. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like the lead singer dying seems to be a bigger, or like, at least like the lead songwriter. I don't know, no, that's, it's a tough one. Um, well, uh, hey, let's let's carry on this conversation. Look, it is Jacob Givens. Hello, Jacob. Hey, hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, it's going Hi. well. Yeah. yeah uh, this is a great shop. Oh, thank you very much. We, we, it's we, got a great scent to it. <laughs> Record store smell. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's it's kind of like when you go into a used bookstore, too, and you're like, oh, yes. I love that smell. And you're like, you mean mildew? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Cardboard and mildew. Yeah. It's, it's a great combination. Paper. Yeah. It surprisingly is a great smell. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's ultimately bad for us, but uh, in, in the of short course. term, it's great. <laughs> but they should make a record store candle. You know what I mean? Like oh. that would be a good get it get a record store scented candle. I'll bet someone's got one. I bet if someone's we go on got Etsy. It. Now is it any They've got good everything. is a different question. <laughs> but uh, actually now that you've said it, I'm probably gonna get a targeted ad on my phone or something. Yeah. Like one hundred percent listening to us talking. They're about listening this right and now. now they know. They know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, so Jacob, as you were walking in, we were just talking about like bands when they break up and kind of what that means, like whether or not they're gonna get back together. And because right. I've been thinking a lot about bands or artists who only ever put out one album and when ah. can you kind of like draw that line when you say hey you put out one album you disappeared for 10 years i have to right. assume you're done right like that's right is that the case i yeah i yeah. mean it, it is a, it's a tricky thing especially now that there's so much more online reporting and rumor mills that spread right you hear mm -hmm. i was just having a conversation the other day about a band and and 
and I said it to a friend and he was like, well, they're never getting back together. This is just, this is just what they say every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And he was so fatigued at the <laughs> idea that there would be a reunion because he'd been lied, he'd been lied to. Right. So it is one of those things that, uh, that, yeah, you just never know. There's always hope unless, you know, somebody kicks the bucket or yeah, I think that's the most definitive way is that if the original lineup, somebody's died or uh, yeah, it's I guess anything's possible. Yeah, about getting back together. Well, right? like here's an example. Um, very current news, but you know I'm sure this will be big news for the rest of the year. <laughs> is that the um, uh, drummer for the Rolling Stones has died recently? Right now, right. I mm-hmm. can't imagine the Rolling Stones are officially going to break up now. Yeah, but then like no, no way. way. Actually, uh, I have tickets to see them. Live and they had already announced that he wasn't going to be with them on tour. Right, like yeah. he, he already wasn't feeling yeah. well. I saw that news. Yeah, and so yes, yeah, so so the drummer dying perhaps doesn't end a band. The bass player dying perhaps doesn't end a band. That's so true. But then it's like, got to be a key member, right? A key member that that is the only person that kind of ident- like is is the band. Like yeah. without them, it doesn't make much sense anymore. It's right? weird. And then so. then perhaps sometimes they just kind of get a new name, like um, yeah. Sublime when they lost uh was it bradley noel was that his name bradley i yeah. am i think you're yeah, I you're think right you're right yeah yeah well like when he so. died they what just did they become the long beach dub all-stars the long beach uh, du- yeah that's right yeah long, LB, lb lbc so, yeah. so, so i mean um i i feel like like there that's an example so the band didn't break up they just changed their name you know and i think yeah. that's happened to a few different things like i think uh, Be Your Own Pets, when Jamina Pearl left, they just changed their name to some other band name. Uh, the Jeff, Jeff, the Brotherhood? Or is that the same? No. No. Is that the same? I think they became like the Fruit Bats. No, they can't become the Fruit Bats. Who did they become? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> and then you've got like Jane's Addiction that becomes Porno for Pyros. And then you've got, you know, you've yeah. got these transformations yeah. where you get members of the band that go on and then some leave. And so you're right. like, it has the essence of the previous band, but now I'm supposed to call you something else. And it's really interesting how that happens. But yeah, it's uh, you You never know. I guess any band could reunite at any time <laughs> yeah. unless they're all gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because think about uh, Rage Against the Machine. There you uh, go. Zach De La Roca left, and they got Chris Cornell, and they became Audio Slave. Right. And then Chris Cornell left, and then they replaced him with, um, gosh, uh, it was Public Enemy. Remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they became Prophets of Rage, and Prophets now they're back rage. with Zach De La Roca, and so now they're Rage Against the Machine again. Yeah. Huh. Well. Well. Anyway. So it, anyway. It, it never ended. Yeah. It never actually yeah. really officially ended because they're back. So, yeah. so, so today I really want to talk about artists who only ever released one album, but right. the question of where we draw that line is going to be weird. I feel like, well, first yeah. of all, I hope you join us for this, Jacob, because the high fidelity oh, yes. game is always yes. fun for all. Always fun. Count me in. <laughs> Count me in. But, but yeah, I feel like each of us are going to have to make our own individual distinctions where it's like, oh, well, they only released one album. There is a compilation album of B-sides and rarities, but that doesn't count. Or this artist, technically all the members are still alive, so they could still be together. However, it's been a decade, so I'm calling it. They're never going to release another album. Right, right. (laughs) I'm in. Yeah, yeah. So officially, top five artists who only released one album. Uh, Tara, do do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll kick us off. And actually, I feel like my first one is going to break some rules, but not really. Okay. Um, it's it kind of related to that chat. Um, the band continues, but 
only put out one album with this particular singer. And so that's why I'm sort of including it in this list because it's a different iteration of the entire band, but they still put out albums as that band, but like it's different. Like I, it I gotcha. doesn't count in my eyes. Almost like a Van Halen kind of situation, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they clearly sound different with two different singers, right? Right. So yeah. um, okay, so number five on my list from 1994 is the sneaker pimps becoming X. Nice. Great choice. Yeah, because they only had the one album with the lady singer. I think her name is Kelly Dalton. Mm-hmm. And it was my favorite. It, I listened to it over and over and over again in the 90s. You know, Spin Spin Sugar. Um, gosh, now I'm drawing a blank on all the other hits. Um, that always but, happens, yeah. right? When when, <laughs> like, when, you, when you know an album like the back of your hand and somebody's like, what are your songs? And all of a sudden like, your mind course. goes blank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Six Underground, of yeah, obviously the the absolutely. one that everyone knows. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to include that one because yeah, they keep putting albums out, but it's not the same because they don't have that that lady singer, Sneaker Pimps. Yeah, yeah. no, no, and then that's and that's a good distinction. I hadn't thought about basically the band with the same name, but is clearly not the same band because that definitely yeah. happens pretty often as well, huh? Yeah. There's a there's a story I always heard about the sneaker pimps, and I don't know if it's true because this dates as far back as pre-iPhones. I mean, internet was going on, but I remember hearing this story, which was that the sneaker pimps were known to get the Beastie Boys their shoes. So like they were members <laughs> of the Beastie Boys, and that they were what? they were like the Beastie Boys would be on the road and they were really good at hooking up sneakers. And they the Beastie Boys named these artists, these DJs, these musicians, their sneaker pimps. Mm. And that that's where the story comes from. I don't know if either of you have ever heard that wow. story. No, but I've heard held it. on to it forever. I'm just ke- keeping it as gospel because you know what? It's a great story. It is. That's yeah. that's a great story. We'll, we'll, we'll just throw the word allegedly at allegedly. that story. And, and then we can't get sued. We'll see if it sticks. But uh, yeah. but no, I, I love that story. And it makes so much right? sense too. Like it's a, it's a yeah. logical origin story. Right, right. Yeah. The sneaker pimps. Yeah. So good. No, I, actually it looks like that is true. It's true. Uh, it's been backed yeah. up. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it was even published in one of their, you know, zines, Grand Royal zines. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, no, it wasn't them. It was someone, someone Some, else. They someone used, in the circle of friends. Like, but the title of being the sneaker that. pimps yeah. is that it was so. So the name itself was out there because of what the Beastie Boys were calling this group of people, and then this group was like, "Hey, that's a cool name, sneaker yeah. pimps. Let's go for yeah. it." Okay, so it's so it's half true. I that's like it. Interesting. I dig it. Yeah, I dig it. That's cool. Though. I did not know that. That's really nice. cool. Nice. I'm bringing in some facts. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Plus, I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan, especially after that uh, uh, book, the Beastie Boys book. Oh, Have yeah. you read that? I haven't read it, but I've heard oh, great things. It's, it's good. so good. It's yeah. so good. I love yeah. the Beastie Boys. They're awesome. Awesome. All right. So number four, taking it down a notch to Sadville, USA, um, from 1998, the self-titled album from Mark Hollis. Should have said so Makes it harder for you Oh, I don't know, you know if I'm familiar was, with this one. I don't know yeah, either. Yeah, you are. I, I feel like you once you'll know who I'm talking about, you will okay. know. It's uh he's the singer uh, and primary songwriter of Talk Talk. Okay. Oh. You know, it's my life, that sort of new wave band from the eighties. I didn't know he yeah. had a solo career. 
I didn't either. Yeah. Well, so, you know, they started like 1981 and broke up in 1991, but they were very, very like new wave. And then they went more like post rock, but more on the experimental side of post rock and uh, super minimal, super cool sounding. They just been in 91. And then his solo album in 1998 was more like that sort of like quiet, minimal, experimental, but less experimental, maybe just more acoustic-y. Hmm. It was so beautiful. It's a really good like morning weekends record. Um, and then he passed away. He retired and then he passed away in 2019 hmm. after wow. never putting out another album. I'm he so never put sad. out anything else after nothing, that? Nothing after that. Wow. Nothing what? on his own like solo Mark Hollis. Everything oh. was talk, talk, talk before. And uh, then did, did Talk yeah. Talk get back together? Was there ever a reunion after this album of Talk Talk that you that you know? I of? don't think so. And wow. man, I, I wish I could have seen them live at least once. Something must have happened man. to make him not want to make music. <laughs> yeah, or or maybe just not want to release it. Yeah, I guess so. He said that he just wanted to be a good dad and you know moved to the countryside and has two kids. So. Um, well, that's yeah, a terrible think, reason. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> <No>. dad. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. It does sound like they may have been talking about, let's see, surviving musicians to play a talk talk or reuniting for a special one-off show to honor their late singer, Mark Hollis. I don't know when that is or what or what. I don't know. When, wow. where, who, what. <laughs> um, but, man, it's not going to be the same because his voice was so much of their sound, so... Yeah, we'll never get that again. Yeah. Well, I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. I've never heard, I've never heard it. So no, I'm de- definitely going to pop, pop that one on. So good. And good luck trying to find it on vinyl, like an older copy. I think you can find a reissue, but it's so good. I have it okay. on vinyl. Nice. Um, another one that's kind of, we've definitely talked about this next artist in the record store before, um, mostly re- related to winter sounds, songs and albums. Um, and that is uh, the album Color Green from Sybil Bayer. Like a soft, sudden summer rain I don't know this one either. I remember us having uh, that conversation about winter albums, and that's when I first heard about this. But but yeah, no, no, fill us in again. Yeah, um, her sound is very folky, very bleak, very just kind of sad, um, acoustic-y, finger-picking style. She recorded these songs on a reel-to-reel in Germany. She was, I think, just like a, a mom, a housewife. She didn't, I don't know what her day job was or anything like that. But her son found these songs and made a compilation of them and sent them to Jay Maskus from Dinosaur, from Dinosaur Jr. Jr. Yeah. yeah, and he released it on his label Orange Twin. So yeah, these songs were recorded um, in the 70s, between 70 and 73, and then he put them out on, in 2006 on Orange Twin. So um, the public never heard of this woman until she was already... Well, I don't actually... I think she maybe made a song for something else like way later, but I don't know if she's still alive anymore. Maybe she is. I can't remember. But yeah, only album she ever put out, Color Green. Check it out. It's so beautiful. So good. Yeah. This one is um, one of my favorites um, that I hadn't heard of before that you mentioned in the record store that I then looked up and it it really is wonderful. It's just, it's got that, that Vashti Bunyan goodness, you know, just like that, that simple, like folky, 
direct, you know, punch to the guts, you know? I well, like I'm, it. I'm hoping I have the same experience where I can, because I have not heard of her, and I am absolutely going to listen. Two for two now. You've thrown out uh, two albums that I am not familiar with, so this oh, is yeah. exciting. Also, she's still alive, so I'll go ahead oh, okay. and say that. No oh, good. <laughs> so she's there's a possibility 66. that she could release some more music at That's some point. That's true. That's so true. See? She there could we go. potentially <laughs> do that, but uh, so far... It's the only one, and it's one of my favorites. I listen to it, like, every winter. Um, so, yeah, I can't wait mm. till winter happens again so I can listen to it. Nice. Nice. Okay, now we'll start getting into, I think, the ones where you guys will be like, oh, yeah. Uh, number two from 1998, Miseducation by Lauren Hill. Great choice. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. My gosh, I can't believe she hasn't put out another one yet just because this one was such a huge success. Maybe that's why she's like, I, how can I top that? I mean, sold, broke records selling copies of albums, debuted at number one, uh, doo-wop that thing, X Factor, everything is everything, like, can't take my eyes off of you, bangers, hits. Yeah. Um, bangers. Bangers. And it's made so many lists, uh, like, you know, top, whatever, 100 greatest albums of all time, albums to listen to before you die, all those super epic lists. Um, so, yeah. No, f fully agree. And I, I actually, I think I saw an interview recently with her uh, talking about why she never made a follow-up album. And this Ooh, is what I she remember. Say? She said um, that when she was making The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, Basically, she got no direction from anybody. No one was expecting anything from her. And she just got to make exactly what she wanted, exactly when she wanted. And then as soon as, you know, the miseducation of Lauren Hill became like Grammy powerhouse, you know, financial sure. powerhouse, huge moneymaker for the label. and you Winning know, awards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like once it became this thing that other people were interested in and she started to like go back into making music, she noticed how much it had changed. That like all of a sudden, now that there were all these expectations and demands on her work, she didn't like it anymore. That, that, that basically yeah. like the difference between her being able to do whatever she wanted in her own time without a spotlight was what was to her, a, what, what what made her able to make that album? And she was like, if I try again in these new circumstances, it's not going to work. It won't be the yeah. same thing. And I'd, I'd rather just not. And it's like, good for you, huh. buddy. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's great. It makes a lot of sense. And yeah. this album is important to me uh, because, you know, I get often asked, uh, you know, in my knowledge of, of a certain generation and era of music, I'm often really coming up blank on a lot of R&B and hip hop from that era and from the 90s, and it had a lot to do with like where I grew up. But this I consider one of those bridge albums for me, where mm. it really opened the door. I grew up in the in the Midwest, and so there was a lot of aggression and kind of tough guy attitude around around the hip hop where I was. And so it really was a turnoff for me being, you know, <laughs> a guy who just wasn't that way at all. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it always put a bad taste in my mouth. But there were artists in the 90s that came out, and this was one of those albums where it was intelligent and smart, and it infused, like, lounge and jazz. And there was a lot of, uh, like, different styles. And I, I had that experience with this and, like, Tribe Called Quest and Arrest Development and these groups that kind of mm -hmm. really helped me understand more about what I was missing. And as an adult now... I love it. But back then I was like, oh, now what's this now? What's mm -hmm. this? You know, because I wasn't paying attention to this genre that much at the time. So, yeah, it's interesting that you say that too, because 
uh, I saw something recently. It's probably on TikTok, to be honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was like, what era do you think had the best music or made, you know, the most waves in music. And I think it was the nineties because we had grunge alternative was like, you know, the indie alternative vibe, um, the best hip hop, the best R and B soul records were coming out, even electronic music. We had amp, we have Daft Punk came out finally. Um, yeah, I, I just think so many wonderful things happened in the nineties. House music was being played on mainstream radio, which is wild. Um, and yeah, it's just like the nineties were it, man. <laughs> I know. And I, I've had this conversation, you know, cause I know it gets a lot of, of coverage now, especially, but it does seem to be on this 30 year cycle. Cause kids now are looking back on the nineties. Like we looked back on the sixties, you know, living in the nineties, it seems to be this interesting 30 year cycle. And by that, you know, rationale, we're due for another decade of kind of groundbreaking people sick of the way things are going mm -hmm. and unraveling the fabric. And it's interesting to see politically, socially, what mm -hmm. leads the way into that. There's a whole generation that goes, I am so tired of what I am being spoon fed and I want to, I want to undo the system. And so I think that the nineties, that's why, because yeah. we, we came out of the eighties and the seventies and it was just, everybody was sick of the way things were being given to them and you just blow up, blow it all up. Right. And mm -hmm. I think that if we're on that same 30 year cycle that we from the sixties to the nineties, we're there again and we've just left a pandemic while well, we're still kind of in yeah. and we have so much political tension and social tension and people are buried in their phones. And when you show them these bands, they go, wow, they just don't make music like this anymore. So it's about to happen. Yeah. My prediction is that, yeah. that artists are, are, are out there right now and they're doing it. And it's going to be a, a whole new thing. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Rant no, over. Uh, <laughs> I think that's fair. No. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. 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 I agree. I mean, I didn't even mention this, but country even had such a huge thing in the nineties. Even I listened mm -hmm. to country music in the nineties and I like never listened to country music like that or not mainstream country, but yeah. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I do. I kind of feel like it's already starting to happen just because, and I don't, I'm not super into this music, but I can see how it's. I'm glad that it's happening like turnstile and um, like the whole Olivia yes. Rodrigo thing. And now Halsey had her album produced by Trent Reznor and it kind of has that same like Paramore ish sound. Yes. It's like this like pop punk thing is happening and it's in the mainstream and people like all different walks of life are enjoying it. Um, and so I don't know. I'm excited to see kind of what happens with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. me too. Me too. Great choice. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Lauren Hill, take it back to her. Yeah. <laughs> Are we ready for number one? I, I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm dying. Okay. That maybe isn't the best choice of words for this one. But oh, oh, no. no. I, I oh, think I know I who's think, coming then. I, I, I know think, who's coming. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. 1994. Oh, yeah. Grace by Jeff Buckley. Uh, oh, I knew it. There we go. We I knew, knew it. it. We knew it. We knew it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and man, this one, uh, obviously, when you think about amazing only one albums, Grace is that album. But then you have to think again, wait a minute, Jeff Buckley's got like 12 albums. <laughs> you know? Well, they're yeah. all, you know, All live, live all posthumous releases. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, all he had before Grace was his EP, the, the Live at Shanae EP, which mm -hmm. eventually became a real album. But, um, but other than that, you're right. Grace is it, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
And not and to spoil was, my list, but this is our first overlap. This was the <laughs> one that when it was on my list, I was going, oh, everybody's going to pick JB. But you go on. You go on. No, I know. I was like, save it. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. And we could have maybe had another one. We were like on the cusp of having another one because yeah. he was in Memphis recording his yes. next. I know. Um, I mean, my, my sweetheart, the drunk. Well, I'm sorry. Sketches for my sweetheart, the drunk Sketches, is yep. a wonderful album. Um, it is. And there, there are, I'm going to say at least four songs on there, despite the fact that they're unfinished are really wonderful. Things like Jewel Box wonderful. and Witch's Rave. Like there's some- Morning mm-hmm. Theft, yeah. Vancouver. Oh, I, I, I mean, that would have been an amazing album. I, I, I'm really sad that we never got it. Yeah. But um, honestly, I am really happy with pretty much all the posthumous Jeff Buckley albums because clearly yeah. Grace mm-hmm. is great. No, no question about it. But yeah. the live albums are really good. Um, th- what's the latest one? You and I, the one where he's just him by himself in a studio doing like covers and talking to like the uh, yes. the sound engineer yeah. guy. I love that one. That one's really cool. It's good, but there are moments of that one that are so quiet. So then when he's you know wailing, yes. it's so loud. Oh, oh yeah, you have I mean, to it's super <laughs> adjust your volume. It was yeah. not done on yeah. purpose. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and, and no, I, I mean Jeff Buckley. I, I can't believe that we're still getting posthumous Jeff Buckley albums that are good. That's the thing yeah. that I'm surprised by. Like, yeah. Did you guys speaking speaking of posthumous albums? Did you guys hear about uh, Anderson Pock's new tattoo? No. no. He recently got it? a tattoo on his forearm that said, "Please never release any albums after I die." That stuff wasn't <laughs> released for a reason. <laughs> oh. Oh that's my god! Not, I'm paraphrasing, gosh. but no, but I, I think that's. A, I think if, if you are an artist that can make that call, good for you. You know, like yeah. you, you're an artist, you get to make your own decisions about your uh, legacy in the world. Uh, however, yeah. as as a, as a music fan, I want to hear these like Prince posthumous right. albums. I want yeah. to hear these Elliot Smith posthumous yeah. albums. I, yeah, I, I want this stuff. You know, Prince. They they keep saying how he has enough music recorded in a vault that would literally like twice of his lifetimes of music. You know, and so he's somebody that you kind of go. I know he didn't release it, but can we hear it, please? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And then yeah. the first one was great. Uh, another yeah. one that um, I've heard about through conversations in this record store, where it's just him and his piano. That one, oof. Yeah. Mm-mm, my gosh, I that one makes me cry. It, so it gives me chills. It's yeah. just too much to handle. I can't even listen to that one really. T- yeah. It's just like the one. One or two times, I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Too soon. <laughs> yeah. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. I'm not ready for it. Uh, Tara, that reminds me. Um, um, something oh. you've mentioned in this record store a couple of times. The um, Mike Judge presents Tales from the Tour Bus, that oh, animated yeah. series where they do little yeah. musical biographies on people. I finally watched the whole series since we talked oh. about it. And man, I loved it so much. And the Rick James episode where they talked about Rick James's rivalry with Prince is so funny and so entertaining. <laughs> I have not heard of this show. I don't it's, know about it's it. On Mike, Mike Judge is in Beavis and Butthead, Office Space, yes. uh, yeah. Idiocracy, Mike Judge. Here's why you've yeah. never heard of it. It's on Cinemax. Who, th- oh. who the fuck has I haven't Cinemax? watched that since I was 13 and it was midnight and I was trying to get away with something. <laughs> exactly. You know? yes. and, and, and so that's why no one has seen it. But um, wow. you, it's it's amazing. T- Tales Tara mentioned from the tour bus. Tales from the tour bus. And um, yeah. season one is all outlaw country and season so two cool. is all funk. And you learn awesome. so much. It's so entertaining. It's got that Mike Judge animation style. Um, I love it's, it. It's all um, interviews done with the people who were there. And then like the 
stories they're telling are then animated. And so you're kind of yeah. reliving these elements that there's no footage of. And yeah. um, anyway, I finally watched it all. And the one about Rick James talks a lot about his rivalry with Prince. And it's yeah. so wonderful. I never even knew they had a rivalry, but of course that I makes sense. I didn't either. You know? I do sense. because of, uh, I mean, well, I mean, you know, basically because of Chappelle's show. I oh, mean, right. that's, oh. the, yes, the, that's the Charlie true. Murphy stories yes. of Prince and basketball and all that stuff. So yeah. that's how I know about it. But of course, that's more about the the experience that he has with Prince. But it, uh, it is really funny that they did have a yeah. rivalry. So funny. It's good stuff. I love Wait, it. So, so Seth, how did you watch? Is it still on Cinemax? Skinemax? You could if you, if you <laughs> yeah, go Skinemax. to um, Amazon, you can buy the seasons <gasps> oh. digitally. You can get each season for I think like twenty bucks each, and it's well oh, worth cool. it. I highly recommend it if anyone's out there I'll wondering how to watch this. I, I I bought it because we just kept talking about it, and yeah. so I was like, I have to watch this. I haven't and so seen it, all it of was, them. It was worth me pulling the trigger and actually saying, "All right, here's like twenty bucks per season. Give it all to me." And it's wonderful. I love it. So nice. it's so fun. And so I finally got to see like the Betty Davis um, episode. I got uh, to see yeah. th- there, there's really, I learned a lot about Outlaw Country from the first season. Those ones were my favorites so far. Yeah. There, wow. there's, there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, okay. I will relay my favorite story from it. Okay. So there was, okay. Okay. There was an episode all about George Clinton. So clearly like Parliament, yeah. Funkadelic, Parliament, Funkadelic, all the many incarnations. So it's the 1960s and um, Parliament was introduced to LSD because they played a show <laughs> in like a Harvard, like near Harvard, like in Boston. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a famous professor at Harvard who was doing experiments with LSD. So he paid Parliament to take LSD and like report like their their findings on it. And then they just realized that they loved this drug. And they were like, we're going to oh do God. this for a decade. We are all about oh LSD God. starting now. So anyway, they are... Um, deep into their LSD years and they are driving to like their next gig and they're somewhere in like Pennsylvania. It's the, it's the 1960s and they all start having a really bad trip and they feel like that there are zombies outside the car everywhere around them that somehow they have, they have entered into a horror film and they don't (laughs) know what to do next. Turns out they are surrounded by zombies. They had accidentally wandered onto the set of night of the living dead like what how amazing is it that parliament accidentally while high on lsd wandered onto the set of night of the living dead and were flipping the fuck out because they suddenly saw all these zombies (laughs) wandering around god that is animated this is all animated animated to see this story but like that is Unbelievable. That is like one of the best pop culture crossovers I've ever Absolutely. heard of in my life. <laughs> Why have I never heard no. that being a fan of both the music and the film? Yes, that Bootsy Collins and George Clinton tripping balls <laughs> just were scared to death of these zombies. Just George Romero is trying to direct somebody saying, We're coming to get you, Barbara. Exactly. You know? <laughs> Unbelievable. Just Unbelievable. Such so a great funny. story. So, anyway, That's you get incredible. all kinds of fun anecdotes like that. Because because they got the real artists as long as they're alive. They got them yeah. to like tell these stories and they're Oh, I'm in. So go watch Mike watch Judge presents Tales from the Tour Bus. It's it's worth dropping the money on some Amazon digital copies. Yeah. I love now it. I, I love it. Now I know what I'm gonna do this weekend. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh before we move over to another person's list though, Grace and Jeff Buckley, in case there's anyone in the record store that don't know about Jeff Buckley. He died 
taking a, a swim, an evening swim in the Mississippi River in 1997. Yeah, 1997. And, um, Fully clothed, got caught in the wake of a passing boat and passed away, sadly. There are so many songs written about him or in tribute to him. Um, that would be such a cool compilation if someone compiled yeah. all of those. Maybe a playlist. But I don't think, you know, like there's the PJ Harvey one called Memphis, and it's not on Spotify. I know that. So mm. I don't know. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. Such a good album. Such an amazing album. Last amazing. Goodbye, When I Was a Teenager. Man, I love that song so much. Oh yeah, I'm that's sure how I found him. That's yeah. how I found him. I saw the I saw the music video for Last Goodbye, and I mean, you you couldn't help be just completely stunned by the vocals. You were just like, "Wow, yeah. this guy's voice—it's like almost operatic," um, and it's over this really nice, beautiful, clean guitar, and he just had so much energy behind it. So I remember going on and buying that album and just being kind of floored because it was really not necessarily in the same lane of what I was into at the time. Yeah. And so it was a, it was really different. Um, but it, his voice was haunting almost as if he knew he was not going to be here long. You yeah. know what I mean? And his like, dad wasn't here for very long either, yeah. Tim Buckley. Like, he was one of those people that sang in a way that he he knew his time was running out in a way. It felt like that. Like, I'm only here for, for a short minute. And then one of my favorite stories also that I learned about recently, I didn't know this, but that him and Eli Elizabeth Frazier. Yeah. So, you know, I remember hearing about Elizabeth Frazier and how they had this on again, off again kind of love affair between the two of them. And she was off with Massive Attack and recording Teardrop. And during the day that she recorded her vocals on Teardrop, she got notified and contacted that Jeff had died. And mm. so now, I didn't find this out, obviously, until just recently, because you can dig up information like this now. But once I heard it, now you listen to Teardrop, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like mm -hmm. It breaks your heart, because you realize to be in a studio and laying down these ethereal, haunting vocals when you found out that somebody that you loved dearly just drowned you know, and you have so many questions. Was it intentional? And those were always the questions back then about Jeff, which was, yeah. we know now that it was accidental. And right. That's, right. that's the story. But back then you're kind of going like, well, did he know? Was he under the influence? Did some, did somebody cause this? Right. You know, so it is, it is such a tragic loss. Um, but what a, what a talented man he was. Oh, I have chili willies. Yeah. Just thinking the, about the story it. I always heard that was like the cause, like the root cause was mm -hmm. that he kept his Doc Martens on when he was swimming and that yeah. like really weighed him down. And I think that stuck with me because that became like almost like a cautionary tale to all of us. Never that swim wear with your Doc Martens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it became like this thing. It's like Jeff Buckley like taught us a lesson, kind of like arrested development style. It's like yeah. that's yeah. why you never yeah. swim in your Doc Martens. And Man. um yeah, so I, I, I don't know how true that is, but that is that is the cautionary tale I've learned from Jeff Buckley. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm, yeah. The great number one. I'm, I'm sure we'll be talking great more about number Jeff one. Buckley more. Yes. Yes, as I think we will. Continues. And I mean, I already kind of showed my hand, right? <laughs> that, that it definitely made my list. Yeah. Cool. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. RCA's local inpatient and outpatient programs are founded on science and delivered with heart from an expert caring team who will inspire and guide you every step of the way. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now to speak with a treatment advisor. At RCA, you'll be in a community that builds connections and fosters support from peers and RCA's team of medical professionals and recovery support specialists. At RCA's state-of-the-art campus, 
Campus in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, they tailor your treatment to you and also offer specialized programs like PRIZE, a unique program for people who have been in recovery but have relapsed. Here, you won't have to start from step one. You'll build off the knowledge you've previously acquired in treatment and focus on the areas of your recovery that need improvement. RCA answers the phone and accepts patients 24-7 and is in network with most major insurance providers. Don't wait. Call 1-888-RECOVERY today. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. My best friend is an Irish heiress. She was royalty from Ireland. Had a huge inheritance. We're talking $30 million. But it turns out Mayor Smith is actually an international con artist. And police are hunting for her. She's left a trail of devastation in her wake. This is not normal to be outside her place. I would rather die than let her get away. Listen to Queen of the Con every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL created Crucial Catch because early cancer detection can save lives. At the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, some cancer screenings declined by 90%. Now, doctors are diagnosing later stage cancers, which could have been detected sooner. Don't wait. Remind a loved one and talk to your doctor about getting screened. It takes all of us to intercept cancer. Visit nfl.com slash crucial catch to learn more. Well, how about we make that transition then? Uh, uh, Jacob, let's see here. How about you start us off with your number five? I can't wait to hear more. Okay, so I uh, I won't go right into what we just talked about. I'll save that for a second. But um, I'm going to start off my number five with the Postal Service. Give up. Classic. Absolute classic. Classic. So you know how when we started talking today in the store, we started talking about when is it definitively never going to happen? Yeah. (laughs) This is a perfect example of that because talk about rumor mills and stories about this fantastic record of of really, it's a super group. It's an indie super group record. You've got, you know, these three amazing artists on this album and I loved it. It was that album came out at the perfect time for where I was in my mental space. I, mm-hmm. I would define that as the garden state years, right? Like everybody's <laughs> yeah. everybody's listening to Fru-Fru, adding a little bit more beats into your indie. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like you wanted to take your sound into a different direction. And I feel like it came out at the perfect time. And you know, they did the reunion tour, I think it was in 2011, 2012, and then there was rumors and rumors and rumors. They disbanded, and then just during the height of the election, there was that total teaser, which was they made the video where it was like them having a Zoom call and all these rumors. I remember I even tweeted about it. I was like, oh man, we're going to get postal service. We're going to get postal service. Oh, and yeah. it, was an, it was an election thing, yeah. and I was so mad yeah. because I have, and that's where I gave up. And I said, well, oh, that's I where you never Gave up. Yes. You caught my joke. Yep. So, but uh, but yeah, I gave up and I just I just was like, uh, forget it. This is probably the only one they're ever going to do because yeah. they've got their own projects, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I love You mentioned the rumor mill. My favorite yeah. rumor I ever heard about the next Postal Service album, and this yeah. one was fully denied directly by Jenny Lewis. Um, in an interview with Jenny Lewis, uh, when she was doing one of her many solo albums, someone asked her, 
oh, hey, I heard about um, the next Postal Service album that apparently it's going to be a triple album and each disc was going to be written by each of you. So one will be a Jimmy Tamborello album. One of them is going to be a Ben Gibbard album. One of them is going to be a Jenny Lewis album. And you're all going to collaborate on all three, but that's how they're going to divide each one. And she was like, oh, God, I hope not. I hope (laughs) not. I hope that's not true. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, 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 like I, she was like, I haven't heard that. I don't think that's true. If that is true, I'd like to openly say I'm not doing that. Yeah, no kidding. That is a ton wow. to do. But yeah. 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 So, 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 so I know yeah, that there are a lot of rumors out there. and But I think all of them have pretty much said, we have no plans of going back yeah. to this. They're like, we're not saying we never will. We're just saying yeah. it's... It's it's on no one's radar. There's no plan yeah. for this in the future. It was a very specific thing that they did, and I can get it. It's it wasn't it wasn't a new band that they started. Right. It was you know what I'd always heard the stories. Tell me if this is true. Um, if you guys can confirm this, but I'd always heard the stories that Ben, um, what they were mailing each other. Yeah. Stuff back and I forth. Heard the same. And then the the story behind this was it became the postal service because. You know, he's getting beats, he's laying down his voice, sending it back. And so it was kind of being delivered back and forth because they weren't together. Right. And so it's almost like something that came out of this really specific window of time in their lives where maybe there was some downtime or there was some creative inspiration that they all felt together. But it's it's really hard to force something to come back together. So in a way, it's probably mm-hmm. a good thing that that's where it, it's left. Like a great film that doesn't get a sequel. Yeah. Because it, you know, it, it, yeah. it stands alone. So... That's my number five. Great, great pick. Yeah. Great Thank pick. You. I, yeah. I, this was also a great uh, gateway to a lot of my friends to force them to listen to a bit more electronic music. Like, yeah, it was totally it's, it's barely electronic, you know, barely, barely. It's a good doorway. It is. Absolutely. I, I remember like literally when I had this album for the first time sitting down with my friends be like, all right, guys, now I know y'all like your grungy grunge. We all like our grungy <laughs> grunge. We're good. Yep. Rock and roll. Yep. Torn jeans. We're good. Yeah. But... <laughs> This is going to be a little electronic, but it's good. I promise you. I promise you, you're going to like it. And like having to like warn them before I actually put the disc on, and um, yeah, and they were and 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 they liked it. You know, like like yeah. I think probably because it's like, hey, you know that Ben Gibbard guy you already like in Death Cab? Hey, he's there. Yeah. Don't worry, he's going to hold there. your Don't hand. Don't you worry. You like Riley? Yeah, Kylie, like right? Riley Kylie vocals. <laughs> they're they're there too, right? I mean, that album came out sort of at the tail end of the whole trip hop thing too. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So. Your friends should have been into electronic music a lot earlier. I'm just no, saying. no, no, no. My, I'm my, just my, my friends were were I'm we, just we were grunge kids like through and through. <laughs> Tara, I'm gonna say gosh. all the way up through high school. Like basically, yeah. like, like like there there was some hip hop that I would listen to um, in middle school and high school, but it was almost entirely grunge esque. You know, various yeah. Yeah. incarnations. Like, like sure. Radiohead to me was like smart grunge. You know, yeah. smart grunge. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, someone I hadn't heard that Halsey album yet, and I didn't even know Trent Reznor had produced any part of it or did mm-hmm. anything with it. And someone messaged me on Instagram. I was like, "What do you think about this new Halsey record?" And I was like. I don't usually like Halsey. Why are you asking me this? And right. the yes. whole it's, like, thing. it's like because Halsey and is now interesting because of the situation. That, and yeah. I, I yeah, haven't heard it that, either, so I have no opinion. But he said, he was like, 
Well, because Trent Reznor touched it, and I know you never stopped listening to grunge, and I was like, oh, <laughs> choo-choo. <laughs> well said. Word, well said. So I will go listen to it, but then I didn't like it. So. Yeah, people keep telling me to hear it, check it out, too, and I have not yet, but, right. I, but I, multiple friends of mine have said, you should check it out, and I've been like, oh, interesting. So Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I can also say I have no opinion. I haven't heard a single note from it. Me but neither. I do remember when uh, Miley Cyrus put out that album with the Flaming Lips as her backing band. It was called oh, Miley Cyrus right. and her dead pets and i was like oh this is gonna be something fuck that's that is my least favorite album that i actually have in my collection by far I don't think I've heard my it. least favorite it's yeah. it's fucking terrible and i just <laughs> I, I like to be a positive person in this record store and only talk about the things i enjoy this is the one exception i will make <laughs> and say miley cyrus and her dead pets is the worst yeah. album in my collection by far Far. <laughs> By far. They need to print that on there on the back with the laurel leaves, like they yes. do in films. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on the back. The it's, worst album. It's insufferable. It's da, da, da. insufferable. I'm sorry. I will go back to being a positive person who focuses <laughs> on the good things. Okay. All right. Um, so. Number four. Sure. You ready for it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I got it. This one was a more recent discovery for me because um, I, I can't say that I knew about this when I was growing up. But when I found out about it, I was like, oh, cool. It's a band called Handsome. Either of you guys ever heard yeah, of Handsome? Is that, um, no. Is that a trip hop uh, adjacent? No. Grunge. Uh, I actually, I would say more like post-hardcore, alt-metal. Oh. These are ex-members of Helmet and Quicksand. Oh, um, I think it is. And so they recorded one album together, and it's great. It is great. It came out in 1997. You've got basically, so I have it here, so I won't mess it up. You've got singer was Jeremy Chatelaine, guitarist Peter Mengetti was, which was from Helmet, Tom Capone from Quicksand, and bassist Eddie Nappy, drummer Pete Hines, formerly of the Cro-Mags and Murphy's Law. So all of them were kind of big, uh, you know, post-hardcore bands, and they all came together, put this album together, and then it just they went on tour, and it dissolved after the tour, and that's all they ever did. But it is grungy. Mm. It's got remnants of like helmet to it, but with a lot more clean uh, singing, clean, more melodious vocals. But it wow. rocks. It's a great album, and it's kind of like when you listen to it, you're like, this is a shame. But it's one of those those things that I came across, and I was like, I've never heard of this before. And when I found out who was involved, I was like, pretty cool, pretty cool album. So nice. Yeah. Never yeah, heard. I'll we'll have to look that up. Yeah. Handsome. Hmm. It's the only one out there. So, all right. Number uh, three. Wait, hold on. Oh, I never heard of that either, um, but I think I was thinking of Handsome Boy Modeling School, which oh. is the sort of like hip hop, trip hop thing. Uh, the gorillas guy. Yeah. Right. Dan the Automator. Yeah. There's also yeah. Uh, handsome, the Handsome, handsome Furs. Handsome Boy Modeling. The Handsome oh, Furs yeah. are a wonderful band with uh, the dude from Wolf Parade, uh, Dan Bachner. He's uh, oh. the nice. lead dude in that and he's great. So yeah. That's cool, awesome. Yeah. So there there are other out Handsomes this. out there, but not just Handsome. Monomen. Handsome. Yeah. Yeah, I was reading about it. They they decided to go for that name. It's a Chicago-based, by the way, going through my list, 
um, you'll see, I keep coming back to Chicago based bands. And mm. I think it's because, so I grew up in Oklahoma, but then in the middle of high school, I moved to the Chicagoland area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm. one of my favorite bands of all time is the Smashing Pumpkins. And, and so that's obviously a Chicago band. Mm-hmm. But I think that all of my music friends and one of my closest ones this day, we tend to gravitate towards all these Chicago artists because I think that that's who we were able to access so much. And so it was like people that we knew, this guy knew this guy was the drummer of this band or whatever. And that's how yeah. you land upon it. Yeah. So you'll you'll see there's a few more in there. But but Handsome, they chose their band because they said they're all their counterparts at the time were picking these really edgy names, like tough sounding. And they thought it would be really fun to just be like handsome. Handsome. <laughs> I dig that's it. That's funny. I dig it a lot. Actually, yeah. uh, Actually, going to visit Chicago next week for Pitchfork. Oh, I um, love it. And I'll be hanging out with another record store friend, Greg Corner, who is in the band Kill Hannah. Nice. I know Kill Hannah. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. Greg, Greg has yeah. a lot of really great Smashing Pumpkins stories because, um, yeah. you know, both being Chicago-based bands, they... they yeah. They ran in some similar circles, and they have some Absolutely. stories. And it's 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 wonderful to hear Billy yeah. Corgan stories from the source. It's fun. Yeah. That, and yeah. he's like lives across the street and is friends with one of the guys from Local H. And yeah, yeah just has yeah. a bunch of really great Chicago stories. But yeah, Chicago awesome. is has so many wonderful uh, alternative music uh, greats from there. It like does. Fair. It- um, wait, is Hum from there? No, Hum is from Champaign, Illinois. Yes, okay, not the close. city. But they went to, that's where I went to college. Oh, nice. So oh, okay. I went to, I went to University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign, and Hum was from that town. And so it was awesome having, like, they they were, like, you know, right right around the corner for where we were on campus. So it was awesome. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah. Great bands to come out of Illinois. Well, speaking uh, of both Chicago and Billy Corgan... Yeah. I've got something I want to say about bands that only released one album, but I'm not going to say oh. it yet, just in case okay. it's on your list. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. So, so putting a pin in that, but I don't want to you spoil anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was still just naming random bands from Chicago so we can keep, <laughs> keep moving. <laughs> Wilco. <laughs> Veruca Salt. Yeah. Yeah. Veruca Salt. Urge Overkill. Yeah. So many good ones. I lived there only for a short while. You know, I got to LA pretty pretty quickly after college, but but the time that I was there, some really great music. Yeah. Um, sure. So number three, is it? Sure, sure. Go, go for it. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. I. The next two, it's so funny. These are all Chicago bands. Um, this one's kind of obscure. I'm curious if anybody has heard of this one. Um, this was a group called Yum Yum, and the album is called Dan Loves Patty. Oh, you're late coming home. Being alone could surely be. It's very slow, very mellow. There's a, you can find it, you know, on Spotify, and it is, uh, it's like the lead singer. His name is Whoa. Charles Holmes, I think. Chris, so he was a mo- Chris mo- Holmes. Yeah. Oh yeah, Chris yeah. Holmes. That's it. Chris Holmes, um, multi instrumentalist, um, and it's really mellow. This is the kind of album I put on when I was a teenager, when you lit some incense and candles in your room, and you were really just taking things slowed down. <laughs> I mean, it's got like there's like flutes in there. 
there's uh it's very acoustic and the and his voice chris holmes is very baritone and it's like you know a lot of like uh, uh, you know like that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. and so it really lulls you it doesn't really there's only like one or two songs in the album that rock out a little bit I, I i would say rock out as much as the jesus and mary chain rocked out you right, know like right. not not really ever going to go crazy but um but it was uh it, it's a great record and it's a shame that they never released anything else. And it's one of those bands that I've I've put on whenever I, we used to make mixtapes, mix CDs. I would always throw a Yum Yum track on there, and wow. everybody would be like, "Who the hell is this band?" <laughs> so Yum Yum, Dan loves Patty. Last song on the record is the best one, hands wow. down. Wow. I know, I've never I heard of Yum see... Yum. What What's the year yeah. that this album came out? 1996. Gotcha. Okay, that that, that, that yeah. paints a picture. I'm picturing kind of like yeah. low, kind of like that um that slow core vibe. Is is, is that yeah. kind of what it is? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's oh. it's it, but very acoustic. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, I yeah, I would say it's very slow, um, very mellow. So I'd say yeah, you're right on the money with that. By the way, I just said the last song in the album, and I realized if you go look, there's like a bunch of extra tracks that weren't on the CD. Gotcha. So gotcha. actually I don't think I don't think I could say it's the last song. I think it's just I think it's just Dan Loves Patty is the song that I loved the most. I, so just I, remember that one. I get very um uptight about that because I, I have a meticulous and just like sparklingly clean iTunes. I mean, it yeah, is yeah. terabytes and terabytes and terabytes large because it's just been building forever. And whenever a CD or a new release or whatever gives me those extra bonus tracks, I go, no, 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 no. You yeah. are separate. <laughs> like, You're separate. <laughs> like, You're not part of the album. If, if it, like, let's say, for example, it's um, the soundtrack to Working Nine to Five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So great choice. They, they, Dolly Parton <laughs> absolutely loved that movie. So they throw yeah. on a couple of extra like bonus demos or something i go no no yeah. no 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 this is nine to five and then this album is called nine to five bonus tracks and right. you are separate because i don't want you automatically playing when i listen to this album i will you... intentionally listen to you when i want to <laughs> we are the same we are i used to cultivate my itunes library that specifically i've gotten lazy in my older years and mm -hmm. I now I just bring it up on Spotify but it does frustrate me uh when the version of a song on an album has changed yes where you you heard it a certain way on the CD and then they've uploaded like a remix or remastered version on the yeah. album and you're listening you're like this isn't even the same song on the CD it's so annoying yeah so. actually you we ran into that when you were doing you when were I like, did the live stream song on TikTok yeah it was, it was like sneaker pimps and yeah. I was playing freaking spin spin sugar and she they changed it entirely on Spotify and I was so mad and I was like to YouTube we go to find yeah. somebody who uploaded the CD version and we found it yeah, so, yeah. yeah. No, that, that yeah. happened notoriously to oh huh, pun soon to come that happened yeah. notoriously to the notorious B.I.G. Um, <laughs> because um, he couldn't a, a, posthumously when they re-released yeah. um, what was his first album because Ready to Die was his second album what was the first one was the first Remember, time I am so out of the loop with this stuff. <laughs> I'm the worst on my hip hop. Uh, what, um, whatever it was, Notorious B.I.G.'s debut album, there were some licenses for um, samples that later on posthumously got too expensive. So P. Diddy just did some remixes, and that was the only version available for decades oh and decades was just this weird P. Diddy remix in the middle of like this classic album. And... Yeah. 
it, the original CDs were now like these collector's items because yeah. nobody wanted this weird P. Diddy version. It was really <laughs> weird. so funny. Wait, yeah. you, you said ready, there was Ready to Die, which is the first studio album and then Life After Death was That's the second. That's right. Thank you very much for correcting me because you're, okay. but, but you, you're right. So, so yeah, Ready to Die was the first one and that's the one with the little baby on the front. And then Life yep. After Death was his second one. That it's with him the, like, standing next to like yeah. the hearse, and that came yeah. out like right before he died, like seconds before he died, seconds. which is wow. insane. Um, but then there was another one that was released posthumously, nineteen ninety nine, called Born Again. So I wasn't yes. sure if it was that one. No, no, not that one, not that one. So this is oh, the baby okay. one, the original debut album, the one. baby um, one. <laughs> but anyway, but so so here's the wild part about it though, um, uh, because when P Diddy did these remixes of these songs to get rid of these samples that he couldn't afford anymore. He also edited out some lyrics because suddenly in the oh. new context, post 9-11, they had different meaning. So for example, oh. there's a lyric in that song where, um, let's see, how does he phrase it? I'm going to paraphrase because I haven't memorized all of Notorious B.I.G.'s lyrics, but he says something <laughs> along the lines of, I'm blowing up like the World Trade Center. Oh, and yeah. he was referring to that one time when like that van was parked out front. And right. Had the there was an explosive that was outside of it. Yes. That's I what he that. was referring to in wow. the original song. Wow. But post 9-11, fuck, that you has can't. that's got a completely different meaning. Yeah. I mean, so Pete Diddy changed crazy. the lyrics of the song too, which a lot of people took offense to. You know, you, you don't yeah. I mean, no offense, P. Diddy. You've made an excellent career for yourself. Congratulations to you. You can't change another artist's lyrics after they no. die. That's not cool. No. So I agree. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, that that's that's yeah. a complete tangent. <laughs> that's why they they also that's why Bleed American, uh, they they dropped the title of Jimmy World's album because of 9-11. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. They, they, yeah. It was called Bleed American, then 9-11 happens and they were like, oh shit, can't call it that. Did so. they change it to self-titled? Yeah, it was self-titled yeah. for a while. And then I think enough time has passed now that they've allowed it, you know, like it's listed as Bleed American once again. But I just remember that being, I bought it as Bleed American and then it, all of a sudden it was yeah. dropped. That came up recently so, too when we were talking yeah, about The Strokes. I was say, okay, yeah. I was yeah, like, which one was it? New, New York, York City, City Cops. Cops was a song yeah. on that album. And, wow. But, but the, it was very negative towards the New York City cops. Yeah. So they so the the uh, European Why version though? of the album. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, the, I'm, the, I'm the, kidding. I'm the kidding. European version of the album still has that song, and it's a great song. Yeah. So uh, we don't get it they, because of yeah, 9/11. They play it live. Yeah. 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 I have the 45. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Wow. Should I continue onward? Yes. Yes. Yeah, please. Have, what was okay. that? That was number three. That was number three. So okay. I'll just go to two and one. Now I'm going to go ahead and just drop as my number two. Uh, you know, it's funny because I wrote these down and not necessarily like a an order, per, uh, more of a list. Like these are the five that I thought of. But uh, this is Jeff Buckley. Here we are, Grace. Um, this is uh, this is a choice that I once I wrote it down, I was like, this is probably going to be said by somebody, and I was right. So this is, of course, it's it's hard not to think of. Um, this is one of those ones because we were robbed of any opportunity. And like yeah. we said at the top of the show, this is that definitive time. If your name, the band name, is the person's name, and they die, it's over. Yeah, you know what I mean. Hundred percent. Not a band. It's Jeff. Yes. So. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah. that is that is a very strong rule. I don't know if any of us can come up with an example of a group being named after an individual person 
and then that person dies. Dies. And then they keep the band going, still right. using their name. I've right. never seen that happen. The yeah, closest, exactly. I believe, was um, The Revolution. Was that, you know, Prince and The Revolution? Oh. Sure, I think sure. The Revolution released an album as just The Revolution. That's the closest I could even come yeah. to that. Yeah. Hmm. And, and even that's not not the same thing, obviously. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. Weird. Huh. But, but yeah. yeah, I mean, we've said a lot about Jeff Buckley already. We have. But he's um, the greatest. There's always more to say, though. <laughs> yeah. Say. Well, Tara, you know me through my TikToks. And so one of the ones oh, yeah. that I did was Jeff Buckley. Uh, and I chose Grace. Um, and th- I don't know if you've gotten a chance to see this video of, that I did at all, Seth, but it's one of my, I, it's not my most popular, but I think that the reactions that I got to it were very emotional. It, it, mm. it connected with people and I was happy that it did because, nice. you know, some of the videos they blow up and they get a lot of attention, um, you know, like rage against the machine and things like that. Jeff Buckley is so much more niche, you know, it's not, not everybody knows about right. him. And I made this video that was basically levitating once his his voice his vocal range kind of the pitch shifts and it's like oh you know and so I was in my backyard and I my my shtick in my videos is me talking to myself as if it's two people or maybe it's one person I don't know but um but I'm talking to myself and and it's that point in the song where you can see that I'm being moved with emotion and then all of a sudden the voice goes and then you just see my body lift off the ground you know I'm just kind of going like this and. And then I grabbed my son, who's 12, but he's big. He's almost eye to eye with me. And I said, okay, son, I need you to sit in this swing. And I need you to, so I had my camera on the ground. And I said, I just need you to slowly lift your sneakers up off the ground like this. And so his shoes look like my shoes. And so he sat down with his jeans on. And so I filmed his feet just kind of raising up slowly off the ground. And then I intercut. And so it really does, like for a brief moment, it looks like <laughs> I am flying. That's great. And so I'm flying in the air. And then the other guy, I have him raise up as well and kind of they both meet in the sky and hover and look at each other like wow this really really took me away but this was one of those videos that um it's i mean it spoke to people john mayer commented on the video it was crazy it was crazy it was like he was like i was just listening to this album i love it i was like oh hi john mayer so it was really crazy and and if anyone in the record store hasn't come across your tiktok before it's at the Jacob Givens. Yes. And yes. Uh, that, that's if you want to see these things. Um, I'm personally yeah. not on TikTok, but I've seen quite no, a few and I of don't your videos you. because Tara <laughs> sends them to me when they're particularly uh, good. good. And uh, so I've yeah. seen quite a few of them that way. Um, yeah. That one is so spot on. Like the thought of sort of uh, this like transcendental moment yes. where you, like your face is near some tree branches too yep, at one point yep. and it's like and they, they're passing <laughs> across my face yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you're like yeah. probably next to a tree that's just very short maybe yeah. like regular no I was on height. a ladder I was on a ladder <laughs> oh, you were? What? I was really oh risking <laughs> I was really risking life and limb my wife came out and was like honey because <laughs> I was oh like gosh. not very so balanced funny. And <laughs> that's fun <laughs> yeah my friend Luke actually shout out to Luke uh showed me one of your TikTok or like sent a TikTok or something on Instagram or TikTok. I can't remember. And I was like, oh my God, he's our people. Uh, yes. And then I reached out to him. I was like, you have to pop in and say hi to my friends on my 90s stream. And we played I love it. Uh, a couple of your videos a few times. And yeah, it's just so perfect. You perfectly encapsulate those feelings that I had first listening to those uh, albums as well. So yeah, shout Thank out. Thank you. <laughs> you did such a great job on those. 
Yeah, and I don't blame anybody for not being on TikTok because I did not want to be on there. I'm 43. I literally was like, I don't want to be on this stupid app. But it, it is one of those things that happened, and now I'm doing it. But I have so many of my friends, everybody I grew yeah. up with, they're like, can you please put them on any other application, any other place than TikTok? So I do my best. I bring them over to Twitter. I bring them over to Instagram. I bring them over to Facebook. But the thing that happens to me all the time is I get flagged. I get blocked right. because for whatever reason, there's some loopholes in TikTok. It's like the wild west of being yeah. able to use the built-in songs, but you, I drop some of these things in Instagram and right away I get the ban. No, you're playing a, you know, you're playing this song and you can't do it. And so um so they're out there. If you don't want to do TikTok, you can see them on 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 Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. But either way, anyway. Yeah. And yeah, so and to clarify on TikTok, you are at the Jacob Givens, but on everything Correct. else, you're just at Jacob Givens. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Cool, cool, cool. Somebody beat me, beat me to the TikTok realms with my name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. All that, right. That's great, though. Oh, but, but, okay, awesome. so so we have number one to wait for. Number one. Now, again, this is one that I assumed would probably be on somebody else's list as well, but I couldn't resist it. The subject of this week's video that I did, Temple of the Dog. And it's on the table. Classic. I I didn't even think of Temple of the Dog. And actually, real quick, you did not mention the one that I was afraid was going to be on your list that I wanted to talk about briefly. Chicago-based, Smashing Pumpkins-based... Zwan. Oh, oh yes. Oh I, my gosh. Why didn't I think of Zwan? I didn't think of Zwan <laughs> until you said Smashing Pumpkins. And oh man, I gosh. loved Zwan. I, I loved it. That was so a blast good. of an album. Yes. Absolute blast of an album. Yes. I loved it. I, I, yeah. I mean, there was something about Zwan, maybe because it was so like uh, ephemeral. Maybe it was just yeah. like this passing little breeze that like, yeah. you know, smashing pumpkins, smashing pumpkins, smashing pumpkins. Hey, we broke up. Hey, <laughs> Zwan. And right, like, right, right, right. Yeah. And then it yeah. disappeared. Then Zwan yeah, was gone. It was gone. And um, that, that, that little window of Zwan where, where Billy was being really upbeat and really yeah. like friendly chipper. and yeah, yeah chipper is a great word for it <laughs> yeah i i yeah. i have a um a, a zwan t-shirt from their one and only tour that i still I wear it. to this day a just because it's comfortable and b because if anyone's in the know and they see i'm wearing a zwan, they see the zwan shirt they're like holy moly yeah and, and paz who was on the base i think or i can't remember in in Zwan, the, yeah. the girl musician, she um, Has, went on yeah. to be, she's now in the Pixies. Yeah, she and, and she was Kim also Beals in um, A Perfect Circle for a while, too. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Paz right. is a, a, an awesome musician, for sure. Yeah. 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 But oh, anyway, but we're not talking about Zwan. Temple, yeah, but I'm that's glad a great call. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about Zwan. It is funny when these things come up and you go, wow, I didn't even consider that one. But yeah, but Temple the Dog yes. is, is a big one, obviously, and... Uh, and it's uh, you know it's one of those albums that that sure it came out before Pearl Jam, but oh it gosh. was really pushed after Pearl Jam. You right. know what I mean? Like I I wasn't enough in the know in Oklahoma as a teenager to be aware of who Mother Love Bone and 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 uh, you know who these musicians were before 
singles comes out and I learned about them that way. And then Pearl Jam comes out. Now I know Eddie Vedder. So I, I learned more once, once that hunger strike video drops on MTV in 92, then I'm like, okay, I went out and got Temple of the Dog, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, what a, what an amazing collaboration and powerful story about Andrew Wood's death from Mother Love Bone. And, you know, such a, such an important album for that time. I have a very specific example of what you just said, which is the um, something happens, it's mildly popular, something much bigger happens, and then retroactively, the predecessor yes. gets very popular. Um, yeah. So Sub Pop Records, which we were talking, well, we weren't talking about them specifically, but they put out <laughs> uh, the Postal Service's Give Up, right? Yes, yes. I know this because I've looked this up before. Give Up is their second best-selling album of all time, the, the record label. Really? Where it's, it's, they've only had two albums ever go platinum. The, wow. One of them is Give Up, which I think sold like 1.2 million or something like that. And their best-selling album of all time is um, Nirvana's Bleach, their debut album, wow. 1.9 million copies sold. Okay? Wow. wow. And what's funny is that um, before Nevermind, they had sold 40,000 copies of Bleach. <laughs> and wow. then, of course, after Everybody Nevermind, goes back. and they're yeah. like, I need more. Uh, wh mm -hmm. Where can I get more yeah, Nirvana? Yeah, exactly. And then they buy up all the other stuff from the muddy banks of the Wishka in utero. Give, yeah. give me yeah. all of it, you know? And, oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, but 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 I, it's, yeah. it's it's a real thing, and honestly, I'm glad it happens because that is how you yeah. discover new music, and that is how you come across things. Like I, I remember a friend of mine, um, Elliot Smith, had just died, and me and him were in a record store, and he was like, "Oh fuck, I'm, I got to buy some Elliot Smith," and so he 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 bought a couple Elliot Smith albums and walking up to the counter, and he was really self conscious about it. He was like, "Oh man, I'm such a fucking poser. Aww. Like I'm buying this music just because the guy died," and I'm like, "Who cares? Yeah. Like who cares?" You're, you're, you're going to enjoy some great music. And if this is what got you there, then, then so be it, you know, so like, be it. yeah, forget all that stuff. It's yeah. Good music is good music. And that's all there is. Yeah. To and it's so hard to keep up with everything. You're going you to can't. inevitably like, miss it. Like I've always wanted possibly. to listen to Elliot Smith and now he's dead and shit. I should have listened to him earlier, but you know what? I'm going to buy his records today. Like, right. Yeah. Right. The, the, the best thing that can happen in your adult life is for the coolness and the street cred to wash away yeah. and to just be like, I don't, don't care anymore dude right. i just want good music like to let go of all the scene to let go of like what's the i know this and i knew this before you it's like just just enjoy your music you <laughs> it's know so yeah. it's so, it's so meaningless it's so meaningless the artist doesn't care <laughs> no. they want you to listen to them that's all they wanted yes so, they, they want you yeah. to listen and hopefully hopefully give them a little bit of money hopefully. yes exactly <laughs> so that they can eat this week yes. you know so <laughs> Are you in excruciating pain brought on by your son, daughter, or spouse suffering from addiction? The sleepless nights, the constant worry, and the feelings of isolation. Recovery Centers of America wants you to know you're not alone. Addiction destroys families. But if you call Recovery Centers of America today at 1-888-RECOVERY, your loved one can begin to recover, and so can your whole family. At Recovery Centers of America at Monroeville, your loved one will be treated with compassion and dignity by expert addiction professionals while recovering in a world-class facility. Family support services will give you knowledge, connection, and community so that you can begin to heal and recover as well. 
Call 1-888-RECOVERY today. Recovery Centers of America accepts insurance, provides transportation, and offers intervention services at no cost. Patients are admitted 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. You might know me from the seven years I spent as a cast member on Saturday Night Live. And since then, I've gone on to star in some of your favorite TV shows and films. And trust me, they're your favorite. Favorite? Okay, Jonah, please be cool. And I'm a longtime music journalist with a fairly niche but very dedicated audience in the punk scene. So, Alt, in our new podcast, How Did We Get Weird? We'll talk about our favorite snacks, shows, and obsessions from growing up with some of our favorite friends, including comedians, musicians, and other A-list celebrities we want to brag that we're friends with. Wow, Vanessa, you're friends with Minnie Driver? Uh, yeah. JK, but she is very cool. We'll have fun and ultimately heartwarming discussions about our formative years and recall some unforgettable memories along the way. Like the time the Jewish Federation called our house during dinner and our dad told them we had converted before hanging up on them. Listen to How Did We Get Weird from Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The reviews are in and audiences agree. iHeartRadio's number one podcast, Aftershock, is the show you need to binge. Michaela! She's not going to make it to the mainland by herself. Five stars. I love it. It's hard to find a podcast that is truly immersive and this one takes the cake. Ask me if I care who died on that island. The art of a roller coaster. So many ups and downs, twists and turns, five stars. Someone's running towards us. Get to the boat now. Has me at the edge of my seat. Everyone that hears me listening to it stops to listen and then subscribes themselves. You owe me. After what you did, you owe me the truth. Heart-stopping and the cast. I can't wait for more. This place is going to collapse. Straps us in and makes us think we're coasting along and we're really racing to an abrupt end. You're going to come with me and we are going to take you apart. Piece by piece. Aftershock starring Sarah Wayne Callies, David Harbour, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Come to the island and binge the series everyone is talking about. Follow it on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All quotes taken from actual user reviews. Actually, so when you were talking about the Pixies, I thought of another one. I wish I had put it on my list, so I'm going to save it for when okay. we do our short list, just in case oh, great. it's not in your list. Okay, so. okay, great. Okay. Well, 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 I can't wait to say it, though. Speaking, okay, speaking awesome. of which, um, are we ready to make the switch over to my list? We are, because yeah. Temple of the Dog right. was my last one. Well, this yeah. is right on topic. My number five, the year is 2002. The album is Give Up. It's by the Postal Service. We both had the same number five. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And, and no, it's it really is just such a fun, wonderful album. It's very it singular. And and no, I, I kind of like that they did kind of, oh, I don't know, disappear. Like it's yeah. it's, it's nice. It makes it more special. It, it does. Yeah. Like 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 it, it, they they never overstayed their welcome. They never kind of put out a you know, a sophomore slump. Like it was just like, hey, here it is, and and we're out. 
Good for them. And we're out. Yeah. Yep. But they were still satisfying their creative itch in their solo projects. Oh yeah. 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 No, and and, and honestly, um, and here here's something that I'll say, which is gonna be mildly controversial, but I've already aired my uh, grievances about <laughs> Miley Cyrus and her dead pets. So i <laughs> yeah. I might as well just throw all my cards on the table. Yeah. yeah I like Ben Gibbard's voice more than I like Death Cab for Cutie. I like Death Cab for Cutie. I got nothing against the band, but I think his voice is better than the band. And so therefore, oh. whenever I hear him like doing a cover, whenever I hear him in another group, whenever I hear him like just being like some guest vocals on another album, I am always like, oh yeah, Ben Gibbard is great. Because yeah. I, I, I do think, don't get me wrong, Death Cab for Cutie is a very good band, nothing against them whatsoever. But whenever I hear him in something else, I fall in love with his voice. I and, can understand that. Yeah, and I, I can and understand that. And he, I think this is a, a really good voice. example of that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He has a very comforting voice. It's very. Uh, there's something about it, and so I can. I, yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Yeah, good point. And um, yeah. anyway, so so I like Jenny Lewis solo better than any of that other stuff. That, that's a fair yeah. point too. Rilo Kylie is a great band, but Jenny Lewis solo really is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. A different. It's a different vibe altogether. Even to- though it's totally. the same. Same voice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I'm sure this is all very subjective, but sure, um, sure. I'll, I'll move on to my number four because none of us have talked about it yet. Number four, the year Ooh. is 1969. The album is Philosophy of the World by the Shags. My pal, foot, 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 foot. Now he has no home. Where will foot, foot, foot? What will foot, foot do? Oh, foot, foot, I wish I could find. Oh, I, I don't know this one at all. Oh, good. I'm so happy to be able to talk about the Shags. Uh, Ter- I'm excited. Terry, you know learn. the Shags, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so here's but the story. I don't story. think I've ever listened to the full album of oh, the Shags. Okay. okay. So, so here's oh. the story. Oh, okay. I, I first came across this. Um, John Ronson wrote a book about. Um, let's see. Do you remember that movie Frank that came out not too long ago? Where oh, I, is that the big head thing? Yes, Michael uh, Fassbender yeah, yeah, yeah. with the giant yes. head where he wears the thing on his head. Yeah, so that's yeah. based on a real story. There, there's a real really? guy. I, oh, I want to say the real guy's name is Frank Longbottom, something like that. Oh. But he's like a okay, performance yeah. artist, and that 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 guy is real. The the, the events wow. of the movie aren't real, but it's based on a real person where that is his real gimmick. So anyway, wow. um, Jonathan Ronson, or John Ronson, I think he goes by, the author, the guy who wrote like uh, Men Who Stare at Goats and The Psychopath Test, that author. Yeah. He was the keyboard playist. Playist? <laughs> he was the keyboard. <laughs> I like playist. <laughs> he was the keyboard player in the real Frank's band, okay? Wow. So he co-wrote that movie, that movie Frank. John Ronson co-wrote it. Um, So anyway, he wrote this book called Frank, The True Story That Inspired the Movie. And in it, he talks about other eccentric albums that are maybe a bit unconventional and unhinged and are pretty pretty fucking arty. And so this is where I first learned about the Shags was in this book. Uh, Here's the story. There's this guy named Austin Wiggin, And he had his palm read when he was a young man, I believe by his mother. But a lot of these facts are very amorphous. So I'm just going to throw it allegedly in now. And that way all (laughs) this is nonsense. So Austin Wiggin was uh, having his palm read as a young man by his mother who was a a psychic. 
Okay. And okay. she predicted like three things about his life that he would like marry a strawberry blonde woman, that he would have like X number of children and so many of them would die, and that his daughters would form a pop group that would like live on into the into the eras and would be super duper successful. Okay. Okay. So he's living his life. He meets a strawberry blonde woman. They get married. Hey, first one's true. Hey, he has X number of children and such and such. So so many died or something like that. I don't remember this detail at all. Um, That came (laughs) true too. Well, I guess the only thing that hasn't come true yet is that my daughters need to form a pop band and they need to go and create this brand new movement in the world. I will call them the Shags. And so they are these um, three girls. I think eventually the fourth daughter joined them too. But yeah, three daughters of this guy named Austin Wiggin. And he forced them to be a band because a psychic told him to. And they have no interest, no musical talent whatsoever, no ability whatsoever. It is, I've made this analogy before, they are the foie gras of music, okay? Oh my gosh, yeah, just forced into it. Just forced. (laughs) And But here's the amazing thing. There is, surprisingly, this deep, creative, almost like primordial creative pull or tug or instinct inside there because they have absolutely no training. I'm saying the drummer's tempo does not match the guitarist's tempo in the song. Mm, like what? there is- This is so crazy. It is the first time you hear it. Well, I'm, I, I, so I listen to a lot of music. It's just 99% of my life. So I'm always yeah. listening to something, always buying music, blah, blah, blah. The rare, rare times when I hear something brand, brand new, when I hear something I've never heard before, it always sticks out in my memory, and the shags are that. I have never heard anything like these three girls in the 1960s being forced by their father to release an album, and they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. And so it's a full album of these three teenage girls just faking it so their daddy can be like, I don't know, happy that the psychic told the truth. Oh my gosh. And it's a it's wonderful. And, and, and it's mostly wonderful for two reasons. One, like I said, it's something you've never heard before. And that's that's enough for me. Yeah. But two, in addition to that, it's compelling the whole way through. You can listen to the whole album as an album because there is clearly something there. There's something in the performance. There's something in yeah. like the way they deliver this. Uh, some people have called it the worst album of all time. The yeah. way that they deliver this album is enough to keep you interested that there has to be something to it. What that is, I couldn't tell you. So anyway, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. the, the Shags are a very important group and it's something that just can't happen very often because how many people would put up with this? And yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, Tara, was, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I think I've talked about this before in the record, uh, record store. I DJed an art show once and I made like, you know, I challenged myself to sometimes not play all the normal stuff. And so I, I was like, I'm going to make the theme of this, the music of this art show songs in the key of Z, because I found this compilation which had the shags on it and mm. Daniel Johnston. And that's kind of like how I found out about all of them. And cause I wanted to be like music for weirdos. Right. Yeah. yeah. At this art show. Right. Like and, outsider and, and arts. One, yeah. Yeah. And so that's how I know of them, but I've never listened to a full album of theirs. It's yeah, I've called, never heard of this oh, ever. Yeah. 
uh, here are a couple places which you might notice it in the future. Uh, next time you watch Empire Records, they make a very fleeting reference <laughs> to oh. the Shags. Okay, okay. And okay. Um, if you ever read, uh, there's a Kurt Cobain book, which is actually a little painful to read because it feels very, um, I don't know, icky to read it. It's the one where, where mm. Courtney Love reprinted his journals. Okay. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bought that book because I had to know. <laughs> had to know. Curiosity, of course, of course. And there's a part in that book where he lists his favorite albums of all time. And I think this is like his number two. <laughs> it's the shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I believe. Wow. Yeah. I believe also Frank Zappa called this the best album ever made and that it was better than the Beatles. Now, that's Frank Zappa. <laughs> so who that's knows? Frank Zappa. Yeah. He's just saying that. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, long story short, go listen to Philosophy of the World by the Shags. Oh, it, it is says, unlike anything you've ever heard. I love it. It said that quote was actually, or sorry, I just looked this up on my smartphone in the store. Mm -hmm. uh, and it said Lester Bangs actually created that quote. Well, here's where it happened, unless my information is wrong too. I believe Frank Zappa said it when he was a guest on the Dr. Demento show. See, mm. so, so that's what I'm saying. Allegedly on this whole allegedly. thing. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly all over this, okay? Because <laughs> uh, apparently Dr. Demento was one of the main reasons why the Shags re-entered the public consciousness. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. uh, um, this story goes on and on and on. But apparently the, the Austin Wiggin, the guy that you know, forced his daughters to do this, he paid for a thousand copies of this album to be made and 900 were stolen by the printing press. And so there's only 100 copies of the original printing Why? out there in the world. But then it obviously got repressed and, you know, oh. people yeah, found it yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But um, anyway, long story short, everyone <laughs> should go look up the shags because it's fun and interesting and you've never heard anything like it. Speaking I of will. Chicago, Wilco put on, or what's his favorite from Wilco, put on a, a reunion show yes. where Dot and Betty play. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, awesome. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's uh good stuff. But anyway. anyway. Wow. Good Mo choice. Moving good on choice. to my number three, the year is 2005. The album is The Mouse and the Mask, and this is by Danger Doom. How they gave his own show to Tad Ghostal Any given second he could go mad postal Stay waving that power band space cannon And had the nerve to jump in the face Erase Bannon So this Never was Never heard of it This is the collaboration between Danger Mouse and MF Doom And there, oh. there are many mm -hmm. side projects that MF Doom only did one of Yeah Yeah But this is the one that I can guarantee you will never get any follow-up because he never recorded any follow-up for this one. So, like, right. for example, Mad Villain is uh, an excellent album that only has I have one that album. One. That one's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. But yeah. from what I've heard, Stone's Throw technically um, has 80% of the follow-up Mad Villain album, and oh. they're still going to release it eventually as soon as, like, they figure out how. So. Right. There might still be another Mad Villain album, but there will never be another Danger Mouse, or sorry, Danger Doom album. Danger Doom. Yeah. Um, so this album was really great. Basically, um, they picked the theme of cartoons, and the whole album <laughs> is just about cartoons and watching cartoons wow. and Adult Swim pri primarily. Yeah. Um, and it's wonderful. It's just Danger Mouse did all the beats. MF Doom does all the emceeing. And it's just it's it's an amazing collaboration. I, I I wanted more of it so badly, and and they planned on making a second album eventually, where they actually wrapped from the perspective of the cartoons, but they never got around to it. They, it's, it's just something wow. that never came to be. So this is all we get. We got this one album. Yeah. It's wonderful, and it's gone. Holy moly! Yeah, another one I got to check out. I've never heard it. It's it's a very. Fun I didn't one. know it was about like 
or related to any sort of cartoons on Adult Swim. So now I want to listen to it and like pay attention. They've actually yeah. got a bunch of the voice actors from Adult Swim cartoons to oh. like do new uh, uh, samples and intros and skits awesome. between songs. So like, yeah. um, for example, Master Shake is all over that album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then there's nice. some really great scenes from like um, uh, C-Lab. There's some a lot of great stuff from, um, oh gosh, um, Harvey Birdman. Like, yeah, yeah. There, mm-hmm. there, there, there's a lot of... That's cool. Because they made it in in um, in collaboration with Adult Swim, so they mm-hmm. were they were able to get tons of samples and voice actors for it. So yeah. it's it's a very Adult Swim heavy album. Man, Adult Swim is always putting out really cool music, yeah, like special limited edition type situations. Totally, totally. Yeah. Uh, the thing I've heard, um, I I knew the guy's name once, but I've forgotten it now because I, I I looked him up once. The the guy, there's this one guy at Adult Swim who puts together all these compilations and like for example, Run the Jewels exists because mm-hmm. of this guy. This one guy did all this. Uh, Mad Villain um, exists because of this guy. Because like he just puts people together. He likes music. He puts people together yeah. and it works. Anyway, I, I apologize for not remembering this guy's name, but he's one guy at Adult Swim. And um, a cool thing about it, I was reading an interview with him and they were asking him like why he's so successful at what he does, like why he's able to put this all together. He's like, because I'm not doing it for money. He's like, I, I'm just putting together things I like, and I guess other people like them too. But if I was trying to make money off the Adult Swim music projects, I would have gone broke years ago. That's I make my money off cartoons. <laughs> and it's like, cool, good for you, good for yeah, us. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, anyhow, anyway, cool. moving on. Moving on. My number two, I, I doubt either of you will have heard of this one. This is probably the most obscure one on my list. Um, <laughs> more obscure than the Shags. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think, I really wow. do that was think a deep so. bag right there for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, my number two, uh, the album came out in 2006. The album is called On Cutting Tigers in Half and Understanding Narrovation. And it's by a band called Candy Bars. You're right. Never heard of it. <laughs> Never, heard, Never of heard of it. I think anyone who has heard this is ecstatic. If they're in this record store right now and they're hearing me talk about candy bars, they are so happy right now. I Can- love it. Candy bars was a band from Tampa, Florida. And during that era, think back to like 2006, the the kind of, they made kind of like a um, heavy Baroque pop is I think the way it was often described. <laughs> and heavy Baroque pop. Heavy Baroque pop. And so that sound coming from Florida in the early 2000s was very abnormal. And yeah, so, I would think like, so. Yeah, they, 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 they fought against that. They, 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 didn't, um, they didn't fit in, you know, with like the Limp Bizkits and the filters and whatever else sure, was coming sure. out of Florida around then. So, um, this so, was so your here, number two? This is my number two. Candy bars. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, so, so actually I wrote down a little bit from the press release because like they've written it better than I could. So here I'm, I'm, I'm reading a direct quote right now. Okay. As unclassifiable as its title, the album brings to mind an amalgam of Sparkle Horse, Mark Mothersbaugh, Jeremy oh. Engick, who I don't even know who that is. Enoch. Jeremy uh, Enoch. Sunny Day Real Estate. <laughs> oh, there you go. Good. Good. Okay. Jeremy Enoch. I, yeah. I know who Sunny yeah. Day Real Estate is. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Enoch. Uh, Tinder Sticks and Leonard Cohen, and is at once Ooh. rueful and uniquely lovely. 
Okay. Well, it sounds right up my alley for yes. sure. All those references, Sparkle Horse. Yeah, absolutely. Sparkle Horse. So um, I got it. this album. R.I.P. Oh, yeah. 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 Very, very R.I.P. Um, I, I got this album because I just went to my favorite local record store. I was living in Portland at the time. And it was one of those days where I didn't know what I was looking for. And so I, I, I knew the guy that worked behind the counter. And I was like, oh, hey, hey, Jamie, what, what should I pick up today? Anything that's really getting you excited? He's like, oh, candy bars. I'm like, all right, let's hear candy bars. <laughs> and so he gave me this album and I, I fell in love with it immediately. Anyone I've ever played it for, they love it immediately. Track one, side one, you're in love. No question about it. Okay. So anyway, um, that's just them. And then here's what I've heard. Now, this band never made it that big. So like there isn't a lot of news out there about them. I remember at some point hearing that one of the band members, perhaps the lead singer, died in a motorcycle accident. And wow. so therefore, there's been no news or no new releases since 2006. Their debut yeah. was their only album. I don't even know if that's true. That's just what yeah. I heard. I've actually yeah. tried in the past to look this up again. I can't find any information because how do you Google candy bars? So, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Well, I'm going to check this one out. This it, sounds cool. It's wonderful. I'll say the title again because the title is a mouthful. On Cutting Tigers in Half and Understanding Narration. Okay? That's that's it okay. by Candy Bars 2006. I hope Tigers. everyone finds it. Tigers Ti is hyphenated. T I hyphen Gers. Yes. <laughs> to make it just even more obtuse. <laughs> Man, All right. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking this up too because I'm just like mind blown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And Pitchfork calls it uh, scream whispering at some point. That's a good word for it. Yeah. And, yeah. Cool. And I, uh, and uh, uh, circus. Wait, I lost it. Cirque, carnival folk. Okay. No, yeah. no, never carnival mind. Carnival folk. It sounds like <laughs> they're just referencing that? something else. They're referencing something else. So, but that's I'm, 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 I'm going to listen to that. It's I'm glad that Pitchfork reviewed it. That's awesome. Yeah. 7.4. Hey, not bad for Pitchfork. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> um, okay. And, and moving on to my number one. Number one. Here we go. The year is 1994. <laughs> the, the title is Grace. The artist is Jeff Buckley. I love it. I love it. We all had him on we our list. To. We couldn't we resist. To. No. He, he, couldn't resist. It's the epitome of it's the one epitome. albums. Now, I, we, we've said enough about Jeff Buckley, but yeah, Jeff Buckley, right? Yeah. <laughs> there Jeff we go. Buckley. Yeah. Jeff Buckley. <laughs> so, so well, one thing that I learned, I did not know this, and I feel like you're going to like this, Seth. Mm -hmm. uh, Radiohead recorded fake plastic trees after they saw Jeff Buckley live because they were yes. so inspired. I've heard that. Yes. yes. And, yes and I heard that Aww. too. That he heard. And you can really, by the way, you can very much tell that there was some stuff going on with Tom York and the band from that shift from Ben's, you know, from OK Computer. Mm -hmm. I mean, from from Pablo Honey to the Ben's to then on to OK Computer. You can see this, this leaving behind of what they thought they had to do as a rock band to right. just exploring more experimental, but it really is on the bends. That is the, I am bridging myself over. And mm -hmm. so it's no surprise that he, his vocals, he was like, Oh, I can do that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? No, I, I, yeah. I definitely feel like the bends, if the bends is revolver, then okay. Computer is 
uh, Sergeant Pepper. You know what I mean? Yes. Where it's yes. Like you, you, absolutely. You see where they're headed, and you're you like, can see "Ooh, it. here it comes." They're they're on a tra- they're on a path. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. Great choice. Yeah. Great choice, Jeff Buckley. Grace. I, I actually think it's very sweet that all three of us yes. um, had that on our on our list, and it's you know it's it's a it's a telling sign as to really how brilliant he was. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, yeah. but, but let's, uh, Terry. You mentioned some short lists. Yes. Get, get some. Get some. Because this uh, was off hard for me. Because I had some that are just like really cool in my short list, but I didn't listen to them enough. I really went for like, I listened to these the most of this mm. yes. list. Same. Um, the one that I totally forgot about, which ca- popped into my mind when you said the pixies, you were talking about Paz from Zwan's. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, the amps. Oh, oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, and I Good freaking point. love that album, and I totally forgot about it. And yeah. it's the only one. Yeah, mm. uh, good point. Kim and Kelly put out that record, and then um, Captain Jazz mm. and Alphabet Captain Jazz and yeah. Alphabet Pathology. <laughs> that one. <laughs> the title is really hard to say. <laughs> and Four Squirrels from the '90s. They had a terrible. Uh, they were just starting to pop off in the grunge scene, grunge alternative scene in the 90s and on tour had a really terrible accident and uh, like three of them died or something like that. So yeah, four squirrels example. Uh, The toadies... I like obviously the two hits from that, but they're so rapey. But 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 also they had, had a, they had a follow up album. Did they? Yeah yeah yeah. It was uh, a yeah. Hell Below Stars Above, which is very yeah, good, very good two. album. Yeah. Oh okay okay. So Wait, I'm, gl- I'm glad it didn't make out? your list. Yeah. So me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. But also it was like I could only remember them putting out the one. Right. So yeah. Their okay, fan base cool. is very loyal from my videos, by the way. I, I get demanded to do a Toadies video every single week. It's crazy. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I, I have they two did. on my I have a two on my short list as well that oh, I, I would would I'll throw them out real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, one was of course Mad Season. Oh okay yeah yeah I remember that oh, yeah. yeah yeah Mad Season Window Little Window of Time where mm-hmm. we get a little side Lane Staley project there, um, and then there's this band that they they only had one record they're called Cupcakes. Uh, oh, I don't know. It dropped in the year 2000. If you go into Spotify or whatever, it says it came out in I think 2007, but that's incorrectly listed. Mm. Um, mm. It's 2000. It was a DreamWorks album. The drummer was Matt Walker, who was the sub for once Jimmy Chamberlain was kicked out of the Pumpkins. He went on tour um, as the drummer for the for the Pumpkins during that time. So they got this record deal. It's it's power pop. I mean, it's really just a power pop punk you know, rock record, but it is, these songs are a blast. They're a blast. Like start to finish. I love the cupcakes record. Um, and it it was the only one they ever did. They broke up like right after they put it out. Um, so that's it. Those are, those are my two that were on the list that I was like, but I I had to pick, right. It was like, which ones are going to really make that five. So anyway, that was my short list. I've got a couple as well. Um, most of the ones I left off, it's because I talk about them too often. So, <laughs> so for example, um, The Moldy Peaches, uh, they only ever released one album, love them. Uh, Black Black, <laughs> who I make a point of talking about every single day in this record store, it seems like. Um, Margot Gruyan, love oh, yeah. her. So good. I love her. Uh, Gangs, the one spelled G-A-Y-N-G-S. Remember them? Mm-hmm. That very, very like smooth R&B band that uh, Bon Iver mm. was in that had like 50,000 members. Well, I don't know about this 50,000 members. There were, there were a <laughs> like lot of polyphonic members. Spray. I think Harmar <laughs> Superstar was in this group. I think oh. Policia was in this group. Um, 
there was a bunch of people. Like gangs is is the polyphonic spree of smooth R and B, <laughs> and um, uh, let's see here. Oh, lessons that was Toro Imois oh. dance. Alter ego, but he has more. But he has more than just one. Oh, he's he more has than like one an album. EP. Well, I guess it's an EP actually. I, I believe the album is just him compiling all of his singles and EPs. I think so. Anyway, but that's that's why I didn't include it because it yeah. was it was yeah. iffy. And then one cool. more which I really wanted to include but didn't was John Bryan because he's only ever released one solo album, but mm-hmm. he's also released so many soundtracks and stuff. So yeah. it kind of yeah, like doesn't true. work. Like him. But um, yeah. I do love Meaningless, his one and only I had, album. Yeah. Yeah. I had one more. It was Ambulance Limited. And I actually, oh. that one was about to make my list, but I had to go with the sneaker pimps nice. and break all the rules. Yes. I <laughs> love it. Very cool. Well, okay. Yay, I mean, that was fun. I, I was agree. A blast. We had some great lists. Um, I love this record store. I'm going to come here all the time and buy all my future records from here. Well, we appreciate yeah. that. But, yeah. but the Gotta rec- give you my business. The record store has been open for too long, so we got to close up soon. But the last thing all we right. do before we leave is we restock the employee recommendation shelf. Um, yes. Let's see here. Here's mine for the week. Um, so I really love Esther Rose. Esther Rose is one of my favorite contemporary country artists. And um, she's the closest thing I have to the era of country that I actually like, which is very old country, like the Hank mm-hmm. Williams kind of country, you know, the Buck Owens kind of country, the the old, old, old Patsy Klein type stuff. So I feel like Esther Rose is the closest thing I'm getting of a contemporary artist who's still putting out that style of music. So I buy everything she puts out just because I know it's all going to be good. But recently on her Bandcamp page, she released an album. Well, okay. Her most recent album is called How Many Times, okay? Now, she recently put out a new, new album, a little EP called How Many More Times, and she doesn't perform on it. It's a various artist compilation where other artists cover the songs from her latest album. So I will officially recommend it. The year is 2021. The compilation is called How Many More Times, and it's by various artists. How many times will you break my heart? How many times? How many times will you break my heart? Cool. Nice. Now, um, I picked this up automatically just because I love Esther Rose, and I only recognize one of the artists on it, but when you listen to it, it's 100% golden. I don't know most of these artists, but they all do such good jobs. Here, here's the lineup. Um, track one is, is Shamir. Shamir, I know. Shamir does a great job. Shamir, yeah. Followed by Twain, Anna Jamil, Tasha, Steph Chura, um, and then Field Supervisor. So I don't know any of these artists, except for Shamir. And um, anyway, I love them all now because they all did such a great job. And I can't wait to look each of them up individually and see what else they've done. So anyway, that's it for me. Tara, on to you for the employee recommendation shelf. I talk about this band all the time. Mr. Twin Sister put out a new track. It's called Polvo. And it reminds me a lot of that 80s song by Yellow, Oh Yeah, that was also in the Twix commercial in the 80s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Most famously from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, correct. (laughs) Uh, um, I don't know why I always go for the Twix commercial with that reference. I love it. In uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, they only refer to that uh, song as... Day Bobo, I think. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. this is like, Day Bobo. Day Bobo. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but the drums on that Mr. Twin Sister uh, song really remind me of that song. So it's really fun. I highly recommend. Just came out 2021. I love it. Very nice. Uh, well, I know you don't work here, but uh, Jacob, anything you want to put up on that wall? Oh, absolutely. I've been talking a lot about this band lately, and I think it's just where I am musically in my life, what I need to hear. It's the band Nothing. Oh, yeah. uh, shoegaze band. Um, just everything they're putting out right now has just been right up my alley. They put out the great dismal last year in 2020. They just dropped some of their B-sides and you know unreleased songs off of that studio album, and they uh, just put out a song just a couple days ago called Ambler Gambler. And as soon as I heard it, I mean, within the first few seconds, I just melted. I was just a puddle. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is exactly the kind of sound, just staring off into space, letting time just drift away from you. I just seem to be going through a you know post rock shoegaze kind of kind of feel right now and nothing has just been perfect and then when i learned of his story about being in this hardcore scene in philly in the early 2000s a stabbing a guy uh, going to jail for two years for attempted murder and then coming out and being like, what do I do with all this energy? I got to put it into music. And so he put it in music what? and now he's, yes, yes. It's the craziest story. Oh my and gosh. So you, you can't imagine the same guy who's fronting nothing, um, is, uh, is the same dude who got into all that trouble before. But anyway, that's my recommendation for your record store. I hope you, you put uh, nothing out there as my humble offering to your clients here in the store. No, so. I, I fully agree. I really like nothing. Uh, my friend Good. Pierre turned me on to them. He's really into like, almost like that doom metal sound. Yeah, I like and, doom metal too. And, and yeah. so I feel like nothing is a nice little um, uh, island between my musical taste and my friend Pierre's musical taste is nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Cool. Excellent. Well, um, thank you. Thank you again uh, to everyone who's been here today. We definitely have to close up. Um, now, one last thing I want to say, uh, Jacob, I haven't listened to it yet, but can you tell me a little bit about Waterproof Records, your new podcast? Yes, yes. I'm not a competing record store against yours, just a friendly neighborhood record store. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, Waterproof Records, uh, once once my TikTok videos and my reaction videos kind of blew up and, and I got got the platform to talk about the kind of artists and musicians that I grew up on, you know, people encouraged me, Hey, you should make a podcast. And so I did. And waterproof records is, uh, is the name of it because when my son was three, uh, we were trying to dream up of owning our own record store one day mm -hmm. and he was in the bathtub and he was dipping, you know, a little blank CD in the water. And he said, we should call it waterproof records. And I was like, that's it, son. Nice. And so uh, <laughs> that's been something that we've talked about since he was very, very little. And I've dreamed one day of having a record store of my own, and I would call it Waterproof Records. So uh, when I decided to make a podcast, that was it. And so it's just as of right now, it's me kind of waxing nostalgic about the first time hearing bands in the 90s, the, the most formative years of my life. Um, but I am starting to bring on guests on the show that are in the music arena. And I'm, I'm hoping as it grows, I can have more and more people that uh, can speak to their interests like you guys. So I'd hopefully love to have you on my show at some point in time. Oh, well, hey, we're just humble record store employees, but we <laughs> always love talking about yeah. music for yeah. sure. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear this podcast. I, I assume yeah. it's on all of these standard pod catchers. It's everywhere. Yeah. Waterproof Records with Jacob Givens on Spotify, iTunes. You know, I put a YouTube version up too. So yeah, go check it out. Thank you so much. Fantastic. I can't wait to see it. So a uh, big thank you to you for coming in. A big thank you to everyone else here in the record store for listening in. Y'all are the greatest. 
Uh, but we definitely have to lock up. We've stayed up too long. So uh, happy trails, everyone. Until we meet again. Record Store Society is hosted by Tara Davies and Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to recordstoresociety at iheartmedia.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society. Record Store Society is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You've been planning this for months. Hope you're wearing your long johns today, hunters. Gotta be nippy out there. The big day is finally here. Welcome to opening day here at Sportsman's Warehouse. This is your big shot to gear up for unforgettable at the Sportsman's Warehouse Grand Opening. Thursday through Sunday, October 14th through the 16th off Summit Park Drive near Walmart. Or visit us at sportsmans.com. I'm Colleen Wolf from Thursday Night Football and Good Morning Football Weekend. And I'm Ricky Hollywood from around the NFL and the broadcast. On our new podcast, Split Ends, Ricky and I will be coming to you every week to talk about all the important and unimportant storylines in the football world. Join us for the stories on and off the field that matter. And some don't, but we think they're interesting, so we're going to talk about them anyway. We'll break down games, news stories, tweets, interviews, whatever it takes to cover the ins and outs of the NFL world. We're here to talk you through it. Just a couple of best friends talking ball. Listen to Split Ends on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Courage. I learned it from my adoptive mom. Hold my hand. You hold my hand. Learn about adopting a team from foster care at AdoptUSKids.org. You can't imagine the reward. Brought to you by AdoptUSKids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.